Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, <laughs> Presidente of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hi, I'm Raven Nelson and I'm the social media chair. And as always, we're joined by our wonderful producer, Jacob Danto. Hello, <clears throat> from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Today on the show, we have a different Jacob, Jacob Ewing. Jacob Ewing has done a wide variety of things in the visual storytelling uh, field. And currently, right now, he's working for Madeira Residential as the creative producer. Hi, everyone. Hey, Jacob. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, for having me. So, uh, Jacob, before we start, obviously, Raven already did a bit of an introduction for you. But will you please take a second and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what, what you do and, you know, regarding your job and you know what have you done in the past so um right now i am the creative media producer for madera residential they are a a uh, multi-family investment company and right now my job pretty much entails um I, i'm the only guy um the, i'm the only media guy at the company so i do pretty much everything also do podcasts on our end we also do training videos testimonials, things like that. So we go to, we go on location for those things. So I have a studio as well. And then pretty much any other kind of media uh, related thing, like graphic design, uh, some other things. I do all of that. Oh man, that, that sounds like fun. Wear uh, many hats, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to tell you as someone who has also been the only media person at a company before, I know how, uh, how hectic that position can be, but, uh, you know, why you, you, we say that you are a visual storyteller. So what led you to choose that career path? Started on the, like an off chance of me taking a, an audio visual, uh, uh, audio video production class in high school. Um, cause my, my dad does photography, uh, here and there. And so, you know, I just got started doing that, and then I got to take the class, and it kind of just evolved from there. I went to community college and then transferred to Texas Tech, where they had this whole degree, you know, centered around, uh, you know, creating media. And so that's what I wanted to do. So I just kind of worked at it, and I started doing photography, and then it transitioned more into uh, video and animation and those kinds of things oh wow, that's awesome you could almost say photography runs in a family huh <laughs> <laughs> a little bit <laughs> so you touched a little bit on um your experience as a transfer student going from community college uh to texas tech um i know there's a lot of challenges that come with being a transfer student uh so could you talk about some of those uh challenges and give some advice for students who may be considering transfers to community college a lot of my uh prereqs my prerequisite classes you know math and uh statistics uh, you know english those kind of things i got those out of the way really fast and they transfer really well so pretty much as soon as i got to tech i was able to immediately just focus on my major classes 
And I, w- I would really recommend doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to, you know, save on some money and be able to focus on once you get to university, just the things you're passionate about. So I can totally see the appeal of that. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I actually went to community college here in Houston before I transferred to the University of Houston. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I went for two years. Uh, so by the time I got there, it was all communications. It was only communications and uh, in sociology classes that I had to take because those were my majors. So it was super fun. Uh, definitely recommend it. Save a lot of money. Uh, if you uh, And if you were broke like me, the government will give you money to go to <laughs> community college. Uh, I was making negative money at the time. So, <laughs> so it was great. So, you you know, we talked a little bit about uh, how you are the only media person at your job. Uh, you are currently with Madera Residential. So can you ex- maybe explain a little bit more about what you do there and, like, you know, maybe what you are in charge of within the company? So um, because I'm the only guy, you know, I I kind of, I'm, I'm in my own department, really. And um, so anything to do with um, our shoots upstairs, our podcast. I produced one of the podcasts called Good Stories. And then um, I focus on production of the other podcast called Touch Base. And um, and so really like any kind of event or video that needs to be done, kind of thing involving something that's going to be put out to the public or to investors or uh, property staff, I'm involved in all of that from, from like con- conceptualizing the idea and how we're going to uh, light everything, how we're going to set up the cameras, to all the way to the editing bay where I decide, you know, what piece of information goes where, how to color the footage, all of that jazz. So since you're the only media person with Madeira Residential, um, it sounds like from what you've described, you have to wear a lot of different hats here. So what are some of the pros and cons of being the sole multimedia person and leading all of that versus working with a team? A big pro for me is just getting more experience. And I know it's one of the same things every day, but it just gets me better at doing that thing so you know and then i can make everything more efficient and all of that and i guess the big con uh is that i don't have a team so if i feel i'm stretched thin um which hasn't happened person who's responsible for it like a pretty and responsibility on my shoulders. Well, I do want to touch on uh, thing I think is a big pro. I do a lot of uh, traveling around and different corporate people and uh, meeting investors and things like that. And I get to travel with the C-suites and meet some of these people and be at these events. And so it can be a really good networking experience. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that sounds... Yeah, that does sound like a big advantage to that. Um, But I also could see the downside of, you know, creativity is such a team process uh, and a team effort that, you know, being the only person (laughs) would be, you know, maybe a blessing and a curse. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, being exposed to all those shareholders or stakeholders, right? That's that's kind of a big deal. Yes, I don't get to be exposed to those <laughs> at my job. You know, I go to my boss and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, then she gets to take credit for it, but that's okay. I'm not mad about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. No, we'll leave that. We'll leave that in. Uh, she's not listening to this. Uh, <laughs> so, Jacob... You know, to go back a little bit, you do produce a lot of content for investors for Madeira, right? Uh, that is that is somewhat B two B, but it does feel like it's a little different, right? It it how does that differ from B two C or even B two B marketing? Well, I'm not really sure how much I can say on it, oh. uh, but and just in my in like vaguely in my experience, a lot of the that have gone out to investors. You know, a, a really good experience is being in the room and um, getting to listen to the pitch and then going into editing and listening to the pitch over and over again. Mm. Wow. Um, so the difference between that and something that's like B to C is, well, let me think about it. In the past, I have worked... I've done investor decks for companies before, and the writing has always been a little more dry, you know, a little more business-oriented. Uh, I imagine or wonder whether the video aspect of that also reflects that. So, like, and then like a, with a video that's going out to somebody who's investing in your business and then a video um, going out to a customer, yeah. you're really pitching. You're, you're pitching the same thing. It's just one is more... Uh, technical, and the other one is more like, you know, harping on, uh, you know, the, the emotions and all yeah. that jazz. And there's a lot of that in investor um, videos that I've done, but it's a lot more technical as well. But I'd say you're really, you're really pitching the same thing. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to sell something, so I, I could, I could see the overlap there. So outside of Madeira, what other creative projects um, have you worked on in the past? And what other projects are you pursuing right now? So right now, uh, well, actually, in the past, I've done a couple of music videos. Uh, I did one with you, Raven. Yeah, we uh, worked on one together. A music video, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was for a so post-rock kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It was an eight-minute. <laughs> so it was an eight-minute-long rock instrumental it that was, we basically just made a short film, too. Yeah, we really did. That was a lot of fun. That is the longest music yeah. video. It's a long song. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I will say, the, the one thing I, I, like, I think about all the time is one of our last few, uh, days of shooting, we had to do this, like, uh, this, like, witch sacrifice scene Oh my and God. so it was. It was on a weekend. And it was on Easter park, weekend. <laughs> Sounds what? a little sus. <laughs> it was on Easter weekend. I remember, I remember yeah, that very. It was on Easter Sunday, and everybody was staring at us. There oh. was like there was like fifty families in this park, and everybody was just staring at us. Like, what the heck are they doing? Oh, that's so we're doing a witch hunt. That's probably yeah, Easter. On Easter Sunday. No, it's fine. <laughs> Oh. Oh, that 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 sounds great. It sounds like you have 
you know, that, that experience of doing what's basically a short film at that point. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Are you, you know, what other, are you working on anything right now, like on the side, or are you just kind of focusing on, on work? Yeah, so right now I'm working on a podcast. Oh. Um, yeah, the so, you know, I don't want to say too much right now. We're definitely still in pre-production. That's cool. But uh, it'll be a, a sci-fi horror uh, podcast. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, I've gotten to read the oh, uh, really? rough draft of it. And, uh, That's this, so yeah, cool. It's, it's looking good. All right. So if it comes out, by the time this comes out, we'll make sure to link it For sure. in the notes. So, Jacob, just to get back to the industry a little bit, creative jobs, there's a lot of competition over them, right? There's a lot of creatives. There's a lot of people who want to work in it. Uh, there are a lot of jobs, but you are competing with a lot of people for them, like I said. How can one person stand out? against other skilled individuals. Right. So, I mean, there's there's so many people who do the exact same thing that you do or the exact same thing that I do. And, um, and so back in January of 2021, I was let go from uh, a job. And then, um, you know, thinking I had pretty much, you know, a lot of, really good qualities and a really good candidate that somebody would want to pick up. I was definitely searching for a job pretty heavily, but I thought I would get one pretty, pretty quick. And uh, that did not happen. I, I blew through my savings and went to live with my mom for a couple of months and had to leave my, my, uh, my now fiance back in Lubbock for a little bit to see if I could find a job there. And, but it was, you know, kind of that time at my mom where, you know, it had been six months uh, without a job and nothing had changed. I just kept applying. I had my same resume and I had this old reel that I was using. And so kind of, kind of over the course of several months up to that point, I've been doing a bunch of interviews and some of them had me do like um, editing interviews or I had to learn how to use the program really quick and then go into the interview and tell them about the program and all of that. It was about seven months in that, that whole year. So it was July. And then finally I was like, you know what? I need to revamp my reel. Let me use some of these skills that I learned from previous interviews where, where I did not get the job. So I jumped into character animator, made myself a character, got all the footage I had for my old reel, you know, jumped into illustrator, made a background, animated my character, put all the stuff in After Effects and Premiere, and I made an animated reel of myself you know, I have my photography, my video skills, um, you know, all of that. So it's kind of all of me put together in this, like, conglomerate of stuff I've done over the years, but utilizing all of the techniques that I learned from jobs that I did not get. And so finally, in August, just the next month, I got a job back in Lubbock at Madeira. And they saw my reel. 
and all of that. And so that's kind of how that happened. That's a really cool story. Definitely learning from failure. I think it's it's something that we don't often do as people. We kind of get sidetracked by the fact that we failed at something and failed to see that there's something to be learned from it, right? You fail for a reason. How, how can you make that better next time? But no, I really appreciate it. That's a, that's a really great story. Uh, as someone who also lost his job during the pandemic, I know that that's uh, that was a tough time for, for a lot of people. And, you know, jobs weren't easy to get, but you just had to keep trying and figure out what you're doing wrong, or maybe not even what you're doing wrong, but what are people looking for? Yeah, and I, I love that story because, you know, just because I know Jacob on a personal level, you know, you're a very resourceful and creative person, and that really showed that, you know, you're able to be resilient and, you know, use, like you said, use all those skills uh, to create something even better. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I do want to say, when I created the reel. And I posted it on all the social medias. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went ahead and emailed some former professors, you know, that we we got to know each other a little bit more than just a teacher-student uh, relationship. And so I emailed them and said, hey, you guys know of anybody who mm-hmm. is looking for somebody? Here's my bill. Here's my resume. Could you send it along? And that same day, I got a response back saying, hey, this guy from Madera just emailed me today asking the same question. I'll link you guys up. And that's how it happened. That's awesome. You know, networking skills and a little bit of kismet there, too. (laughs) Always sit in the front of the class. Always talk to your professors outside of class. Please do it. They are people, too. (laughs) They like that. (laughs) They're they're connected. Yeah. 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 So what creatively inspires you, and how do you find inspiration? Other than boredom, (laughs) um, (laughs) a lot of times when I get into, like, a creative rut where I just might not feeling like doing anything, it's really, you know, one of my friends, you know, on Facebook or Instagram posted something and I was like, wow, you know, that's really cool. Maybe I can do that. Or maybe I can do something like that. Or I look back at uh, an old drawing of mine and I'm like, you know, I could do something with this. It kind of just comes from the people around me doing things that I want to do. And so like seeing them, seeing them do it and, you know, either it looks great, or at least they tried. That really inspires me to do, to do more, to want to create more. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. You know, so uh, as a fellow creative myself, you know, so much of creativity is just kind of absorbing stuff around you, including you know, other people that inspire you, and you know putting that back out there with your own personal twist on it. Um, so I think that's really cool that you, you know, surround yourself with such a creative network. And, you know, physically my network isn't here other than my, my fiance also inspires me to do a whole lot. She pushes me that's uh, sweet. You know, just to do <laughs> a whole lot more. Um, but like physically when everyone was here in Lubbock, it was a lot easier to go do stuff. Yeah. But now that everyone's moved away, uh, doing their own thing, 
like we're all separated, but you know, we still call each other. We still talk about it. We still get to do what, what we want to do. And I don't know. I just really like that. Excuse me. I think that goes back to what Raven said earlier about how creativity is kind of like a team sport, right? Uh, a lot of right. times just mounting ideas off of each other just gets you to where you have to be. Uh, you know, as a writer, at times I have been stuck where I can't do anything and I'll go read something, watch a movie, do something to distract me. And in art, sometimes you find, it, you know, art inspire, inspires art, mm -hmm. right? right? Sometimes you'll find it or sometimes someone will say something that just has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do. And I was like, wait a minute, that's it. And then that's how you get it. Uh, being aware of your surroundings, being the people around you, and surrounding yourself with supportive people is such a big deal, you know? Uh, you know, colleagues and partners and whatever. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, just getting to talk about it with someone, like when I'm writing for my podcast, just getting to, if I'm, I'm stuck on what is this character supposed to be doing at this certain time and I haven't figured it out for a week, I'll just call somebody like, hey, I have this problem. What do you think? Or maybe, you know, we just talked about something vaguely, like you were saying, and then, you know, something pops up and you're like, that was in no way related to what, <laughs> what I'm thinking about, but it helped. So just being able to talk to somebody is also just really helpful. So, uh, Jacob, what advice do you wish you've had right after you graduated or maybe when you started looking for your first job? Like what what would you, as now, what would you advise someone who just graduated, right, someone who's looking for their first job? You know, I would say never, you don't want to get complacent. Like you really don't, you always want to keep learning and keep growing. And if you're interested, if you're a little interested in something, like say you want to know how this certain visual effects works, uh, visual effect works in the in a, a favorite movie of yours. Like if you want to know how to do that, then just look up some tutorial on YouTube. They're free. <laughs> look up, you know, if you already have some software, great. You can find some free software as well, but like a lot of what I've done and a lot of experience that I have is just for me being interested in something and saying, I want to know how to do that. And so I just take hours and hours and months and months, and then eventually I learn how to do it. And then along the way, I've learned how to do a whole bunch of other stuff that got me to that point. But I would just say never stop learning. Keep doing, keep being interested, keep going on. I think that's great <laughs> advice uh, at, you know, any stage of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I believe that you never really stop learning just because you're done with school doesn't mean that you know everything you need to know. And especially living in the, or it being in the creative industry, right? Things change so fast and so suddenly uh, that you have to stay up today, right? Watching webinars, reading, whatever. Um, yeah, like even yeah. when you're at the peak of your career, you can always keep learning. That's, Definitely. I feel like, what separates people yep. from, you know, the rest. 
No, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I think Jacob's is completely right. I have, on my team's background at work, I have a, I have this picture of a school uh, room, like a classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, and people always make fun of me. They always like call it, they always think it's funny. And I was like, I'm still learning. I'm still in school. So I definitely think that, that that's uh, fantastic advice, Jacob. And there's one more thing I want to add on to that. Yeah, absolutely. So those things that you do on the side, you know, whether it's learning how to do some kind of visual effect or maybe you just want to learn how to, you know, it, I do a lot of After Effects work. So, you know, maybe you just want to learn how to put, uh, make a shape follow along the path of some kind that you create. Like that's literally what got, got me started on uh, doing an, uh, an animation from an old drawing that I had. And if you're going to do that stuff and keep up with your interests and grow and learn more and never stop learning, you want to make sure you're doing it with something that truly interests you. You don't want to, you don't want to do it on something that you're like, eh, I don't really know about this because at the end of the day, you want to make, you want to be able to say, I put all of my time, all of my effort into this, and it looks really good. Or, I put all of my time and all of my effort, and it could be better, but at least you did it, you know? So, you just want to make sure that what you're doing is something that you're going to want to tweak and keep going. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Jacob, if uh, people are interested in you and what you're doing and this cool little podcast that you've got, uh, where can we find you? You can just search Jacob Ewing uh, pretty much on LinkedIn or, you know, Facebook or whatever. Uh, I have a website, jacobewing16.myportfolio.com, because I don't have enough money to own my own URL. <laughs> That's how they get you. I do have that website. It has a lot of my photography, a lot of my videography, um, and some graphic design stuff on there. But as far as the podcast goes, you know, we're definitely still in pre-production, but I will let everybody know <laughs> once it's out. It will not stop hearing from me. As, as you should, you know, be proud of it. Yeah, we would be happy to share that on our uh, social media too once that's out. And if it's out by the time this episode goes out, we'll also add it to the episode notes so people can find you. You can, can go listen to it because I'll definitely be listening to it. Yeah, I think that's all we have today. But uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. You know, your, your answers have been fantastic and your advice is, is you know, really great. Definitely keep learning, definitely keep trying. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I uh, I don't know if my advice is like anything different from what anyone else would say, but at the same time, like cliches are cliche for a reason, you know? Yeah, cliches are cliches for a reason. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Jacob. Uh, thanks to everybody else for listening today. Awesome, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an amigo, join us at add the number 2 houstoncom 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at, at the number two Houston. Thank you for listening.